0: Thank you for joining me on episode 94 of the Unique on Purpose podcast, helping you find victory in how God has uniquely created you. I am your host, Rachel Gentleman, just a regular gal trying to help people know they are called to be victors in Christ Jesus. And today is a special treat. I solicited the gentleman in our station, Don Parker, who is a boomer. Pete Lathrop, who is Generation X, myself a millennial, and Gabe Bauermeister, a Gen Z. And we had a big Generations panel discussing the expectation of each generation, social media, education, AI, dating and marriage. And we rabbit trailed a little bit about broadcasting, but it was such a great conversation just discussing the differences between all of us and how we grew up and how things have changed. Take a listen. Welcome back to the Unique on Purpose podcast. We're doing a generation series and I thought how fun would it be to do a panel with those of us that work at the radio station because we have four different generations represented. So (laughs) Don Parker... You're Hello. a boomer. Yes, that's okay, right. Okay, boomer. That's have right. Have you heard that? Okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> you heard that lately? And then we have Pete Lathrop. So, Pete, mm-hmm. you've been on the Unique on Purpose podcast before, but you're back. Uh, Gen X. Uh, yep. I am a millennial, so Gen Y, if you right, want to call it. And right. then we have Gabe. Who's Hello. Gen Z. Okay. My <laughs> first
1: ever appearance on Unique on Purpose, which I'm feeling very unique but on you, purpose.
2: Notice that he's a lot more bubbly than we are, you know? <laughs>
1: It's like, where's my coffee? I'm a a bubbly, non-caffeinated 22. 22.
0: Okay. So we have all the different generations, and I always find the generations fascinating, how they relate to each other, and just their different perspectives on life. So first of all, let me just give a recap. Boomers, or baby boomers... The reason why you're called baby boomers is because there was a huge baby boom after World War II.
2: That's right.
0: And they're between 1943 and about 1960. And then Gen X, I don't know why they call you Gen X.
2: (laughs) It sounds really hip. It does
0: sound hip.
1: Pete is the X factor. (laughs) Yeah, baby.
0: (laughs) It is the X factor. So that's about 1961 to to 1980. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Millennials are about 1981 to, I don't know, every website says something different. Some say 1995, some say 2001. And then Gen Z is Hello. is anywhere. <laughs> Again, every website's different. Some say about 1996 to uh, 2010. So it just kind of hmm. depends on who you're talking what's the, to.
2: What's going to be the next generation Gen called? Alpha. Really?
0: Yes, Gen Alpha. Gen? Oh, so, Gen like, wow. my son okay. is 10. He's Gen Alpha.
1: Okay. See, that sounds cool, but Gen Alpha <laughs> might not be as cool as what they sound like. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm a, I like the X factor. You like definitely the X factor. System. And I
0: definitely wanna, I want to get to that, but I want to get your all's perspective on just different things in mm. life. So... Baby boomers, you're known for definitely your hard work. You're also known for your frugality because you had parents that went through the Great Depression.
3: That's right. So
0: you lived your lives tightening your belts quite a bit. My
3: mother was very, very, very frugal. They would even save the soup cans, the little tin cans
2: Mm -hmm. to (laughs) to catch
3: a rat hole or a hole in the floor. Uh, knot holes, things like that, in old buildings, any of the house.
2: Where'd you come up with
3: rat holes? Rat holes. Oh, there's rats were very plenteous. When I was a kid, (laughs) when I was a child, down in our basement, we had rats. We had to set traps. Holy cow. We don't have them anymore. (laughs) Praise the Lord. So
0: something Gen X contributed to the world. We got rid of your rats. (laughs)
2: That's okay. You lived on a farm, so you had a lot of grain, all that kind of stuff going on.
0: But then you also had a lot of abundance, too, as you got older. One, because you knew how to be frugal, but Mm -hmm. two, the economy did well, mm-hmm. for quite a while,
3: and I think the uh, my generation knew how to fix things. So they mm. were more mechanical. Mm. Yes. you didn't throw everything away. You kept it. Yeah, so- you saved it because you might need it later. Right, you know parts. Were not plenteous like they are today. Right.
2: Well, and if you're if you're Dutch, you can double that. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Just <saying. laughs>
1: luckily, luckily I am Dutch. Even the Gen Zers Dutch. So, and this is the age-old saying: if you ain't Dutch, you ain't much. Right? I wonder right?
0: if that's why a lot of the older generations are hoarders. I've noticed that. Uh-huh. Seriously, I've noticed uh, that. Are you, you walk- calling
1: Donna a hoarder? Uh-huh.
0: I have not Notice been how to she his house. But I have I seen your office, I Don. I have I have seen your office. I do
1: save things. Is he hoarding or is he preparing? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what my
0: mother-in-law would say. I don't know. But Gen X, you guys were around during the reconstruction of Europe after the war, after mm-hmm. the falling of the Berlin Wall. Okay. Uh, you're all about not leaving room for idealism. You're very individualistic. You're addicted to work. A lot of people will say that you're a workaholic and work was very valued mm-hmm. growing up. Mm-hmm. Are you saying mm, because well, you don't think so?
2: <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess those kinds of descriptions probably would be better said from so those observing yeah.
0: me. because mm-hmm. I, right. I,
2: right. I don't know whether I'm a workaholic or not. Mm-hmm. Um, But I do know one thing because I was talking with my millennial son-in-law, and um, and you know we were discussing about the differences between my generation, his generation, and you know I've noticed that you know his generation just through talking with him that they're way uh, more. It's not that they're not good workers, Mm -hmm. okay, because many of them are, but they do have this this idealism of. Well, I, I I need to take a break. Mm. I need to take a break, and I'm going to go, you know, have a little season here. My mental here. health, my mental yeah. health. It's Mel, all about mental the mental health, health, right? Giving a little me time going on. I'm not saying that that doesn't happen in my generation, but mm-hmm. I just seem to notice that a little bit more. Now, that's not a slam, okay, on that generation, but I think that they're much more flexible with, and and how they accomplish their responsibilities is way different than my generation. Yes, because for sure. man, I just go full bore you know on whatever it is I don't say ah I need some tea or you know uh, or something like that I drink my tea you know and all that (laughs) there you go that felt like a slam Uh, no it it, it sounds like a slam but it's just different ways of doing things right you know and uh, I I, I learned from my parents my parents were hard workers they you know and, and all that kind of stuff but uh it, there is a difference you certainly can tell on generational.
0: well uh, and gen x you also grew up during the rise of media mm-hmm. so boomers mm-hmm. you got to witness mm-hmm. the birth of television mm-hmm. for the first time That's right and you got to witness the moon landing where mm-hmm. for you it was you're watching everything, you're growing right. up watching everything yeah. develop. Well, you just, you it know, was there, but you're watching it develop. I
2: remember as a little boy, little boy, watching Apollo liftoffs. That's right. That's right. And mm-hmm. I know that may be because I'm, I don't know whether I'm at the very early part of my generation or what. Well, but what I remember year were you that. born? 66.
0: Okay, so yeah, you're full Gen X.
2: And uh, I remember that. I remember the Berlin Wall coming down. I remember watching that on TV. That was so um, nice at our
3: Nora School in Traverse City where I grew up on the north side of town here. We had a big black and white, probably 23-inch television. They would roll around from classroom to big classroom. Big old tubes in it. Uh, yes, old oh, tubes. Oh, yes, yes, that's right. And they had the little alligator clips on yep. the back of the television. Oh, yeah. They had a TV antenna outside, a Yagi channel seven nine type yagi
2: you don't ever use the tinfoil back in those days for well your we
3: didn't t- t- at that time it, they just had twin lead yeah. <laughs> it worked well and i remember those days yeah. was, we had lots of fun doing that yeah watching uh, yes the uh, the uh apollo going to the moon oh that mm-hmm. was such big
2: things i remember when i was eight years old when bmx bikes first started coming oh out. yes <laughs> And that's what okay. I wanted for Christmas okay. was BMX. With stingrays, the little tiny three speed <laughs> <Well, G-speed laughs> stingrays. those were the banana seat the ones. And I learned how to ride front. a bike on one of those. Yes,
3: yes. Oh, those are popular. And oh, the big handlebars. Oh, big yes. Handlebars. Made you look like a hippie.
2: <laughs> and and the, the, then yeah. we had to grow our hair long. Oh,
3: yeah. It was oh, great.
0: Man. All right. Well, let's, <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're going to wheel this back a little bit. <laughs> so now let me move on to millennials. They were born between about 1981 to... Oh, we already talked about that when they were born. So. We were not born into technology, so you were not, like you and Gen X, you were not born into media, but you got to watch the rise of media. Sure. Yeah. We were not born into technology, but we uh, developed it over time, so mm-hmm. we, there's a part of us that's like Gen X because we tossed, or we did the the notes in class, and yeah. but then in ninth grade, that's when we got internet and it was dial up and it was (laughs) and you couldn't be on the phone and on the internet at the same time
2: like blackberries were out
0: no that came later blackberries came you got mail yeah so aol you got mail you couldn't be on the landline and on the internet at the same time and that so that was a big (laughs) thing and then once we hit college that's when mark zuckerberg came on the scene with facebook and and all the things and millennials Their masters of technology, their, or wait, excuse me, that's Gen Z, no, uh, Generation Y, Millennials, they were around with the economic crisis, Columbine, 9-11, so all of that was really their coming of age. In their
2: formative years. In
0: our formative years. Right, when you weren't
2: an adult. Yes. Yes, so
0: I remember... Pre Columbine, mm-hmm. like the world, what it was like right. before Columbine, what the world was like before nine eleven, and we're often labeled as lazy, narcissistic, and spoiled. It even came out in Time Magazine two thousand fourteen. You that, said it. No, and I'm not that we were the <laughs> me 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 generation, and but I find no, that I'm hilarious because most of the millionaires, from my understanding, in the world today are millennials. Yeah, millennials know how to solve problems so mm-hmm. i almost feel like there's a division there are some that yeah i would say that are definitely narcissistic mm-hmm. we suddenly got facebook and didn't know how to use it and so it was constant yeah. selfies and it was all about me well
2: back in when we were younger we'd always look at the the millionaires where the old fuddy duddies living on wall street mm-hmm. you know the old guys they were the right. they were the rich ones right yes. now you got guys who the head was it sofi stadium was built funded by a like a 20 something guy
0: wow what was his name I don't know.
1: Do you remember I, I know what you're referring to, but I don't know he his name. He built
2: this thing, and he's like full
1: half my
0: age. Yeah, right. So millennials know how, they, they're, they were very entrepreneurial, and especially those that are younger millennials, because they grew up with the economic crisis, they said, I don't want that to be me. And they just kind of rewired their brain in a sense of, I'm mm-hmm. just going to make it happen. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then you have Gen Z. Who they were born into technology. They didn't get to watch it develop. They were really born into it. They the the saying goes they arrived with a tablet and a smartphone under their arms. You know when they when they were born. So uh, they're the group of people they're marked by the internet. It's really a part of their DNA and their masters. Of technology. They know how to multitask, but they have a limited attention span. So they're independent, but they can be demanding consumers. I could
2: just see all these
1: boss babies.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Got the little briefcase, you know, bossing everybody around at two years old. Come on!
1: (laughs) Well, I was born in 01. Mm -hmm. So the main thing that I was indulging with technology when I was a kid was still a box set TV. Mm -hmm. So I was still using the VHS and the DVD player. Well I was uh, when I turned 8 or 9 is when a flip phone even entered my home mm-hmm. and even that I thought man, it takes forever to type the letter A. <laughs> like, you gotta hit the button four times. I'd rather... That
2: is, you were thinking, this is old I'd, stuff. I'd rather write a letter.
1: But then, in like, oh, like when I was 12 or 13, my parents brought home their first ever Android phone. Mm-hmm. And I didn't care what it could do. All I could remember was playing Angry Birds on the sucker. Oh and I was like, goodness. oh, this is great. But then when we went to bed, my mom and dad would sit on the couch and they'd text each other. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my goodness, did you, did you just get this message? Did you just give this message? Did you just that emoji? And they were so enthralled with it. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is, this is crazy. But... I wouldn't say. It depends on who you ask. You also are an
0: older Gen Z, so there is. I'm on the brink. Yes. So, like for me, I'm an older millennial, where I believe I wish that we had a younger millennial in here because I think that you could divide us. I, like Mm -hmm. I said, I remember a time before 9/11 where maybe the older millennials they don't. And the same thing with Gen Z, I think you guys can really divide yourselves.
2: You Mm could just say Gen Z. Point two, oh, yeah, 2.0. Two point
0: oh.
1: point yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Okay, I, all right, you just. Caught I think me. I found the uh, Xer in the room.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but, here's, but okay, I do want to get to our perceptions of each other in a moment, but first of all, I want to know, Don, from you first, because you're a boomer, how did you feel the world perceived you growing up? Because I feel like for X and for millennials and for Z, the media and everything's always on us about something as our growing up age. I mean, was that like that for boomers? Were you constantly pulled out and told how terrible you were because of whatever?
3: No, I don't remember that at all. But I remember wanting to be a fireman or a police officer. They would come Mm. into the school, a police officer department especially the michigan state police it was so fun
2: they're heroes seeing, yes
3: we respected them right. mm. we respected, respected the law authority. we respected the fire departments oh they were the best of the best mm. we wanted to maybe someday be one of them mm-hmm. 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 so we are aspiring to become something important in yeah. the law.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, that's a good point. I would like to know from everybody else, too. What was it that you aspired to be? Because nowadays it wouldn't be the police officer for younger Gen Z or and like Alpha. Sad. My son, who's mm. an Alpha, is like, I want to be a YouTuber. Yeah. Mm. Like, yeah. why would I be a police mm. officer when I can mm. be a YouTuber? Mm-hmm. You know, everybody has that different. Um,
2: you know, I want, I, when I, when I, even when I was a little boy, I wanted to be like a chef.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I
2: wanted to be something like that. I, I mean, and I did like Don, I, I really aspired. To, to be somebody that was important for for other people as well, but I was I kind of was off on the the generational gap. I was mm-hmm. like I wanted to I watched my grandmother bake and I thought man mm. I want to do that. You oh, that awesome.
0: still can do that, Pete. Uh, taken that from you?
2: Can price. you cook? You <laughs> don't want <laughs> <you don't> to <wanna laughs> sample <laughs> <it>. cooking recipes. <laughs> You'll just sample everybody else's, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, I, yeah. Right, uh, exactly. Mm-hmm. I think but, if I might chime in just with aspiring what to mm-hmm. be. I remember wanting to be a painter. And I didn't have like any kind of technology or anything growing up out to the outside world. It was my mom and you know my sisters and me. I was like, I just want to be a painter. Then I sat down and watched one sports movie. that my mom's like, you should check this out. And I never looked back. And I wanted to be something in sports for my entire life, and still really do. Uh, I loved. Uh, I got the opportunity to be the youngest ever person to broadcast a football game. In yeah. Ford Field. Yes. Which I was nineteen at the time you and that did was a one of the job. cool <laughs> thank you, Don. That was one of the coolest experiences. But I wanted oh, to be like wow. a pitcher yeah, or sure. a quarterback or something sports because it was fun. And you could make money yes. off of it. Yes. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so <laughs>
0: piggybacking, piggybacking off of that, what Don was How did you see education back then? Because I'm noticing through the generations we are seeing something different, what we value as far as education. I mean, was education, college valued as much? Because it seems, though, like my grandparents, they just went straight to General Motors and they were set mm-hmm. for life. Where Gen X, and I think millennials, too, there was that pressure of you have to go to college exactly. and you have to. Where Gen yeah. Z is... Well, I'm just going to go in the trades because I don't. I see all the millennials who are hundred thousand dollars in debt, mm-hmm. and I don't want that. So I'm going to go and do this. So Don, uh, what was education? What was that perception?
3: I grew up on a farm, so it's a, maybe a little different than some people. So education was not as important to me. But I wanted to just get through high school, mm-hmm. as, do as little as I could. I didn't want the college prep diploma; just a standard general was fine. However, I did go on to NMC for a couple of years,
1: but also college. music.
3: Uh, I didn't realize, but music plays a very important part of your life. So I took band instruments from the time I was sixth grade all up through through high school. And that made an impact the, really the rest of your life. It affects you.
2: And another thing, too, Don, is that you pursued uh, radio. Radio. Even as a young guy. Even and, as a... And that, and that you learned and you grew from that. Look at where you are today. You've been in it, what, for... 35 45 years so if, if yeah go ahead uh, yes I'll,
1: well okay. one more question
2: even back in the police departments the little two-way radios
3: the uh well they had Motorola or mm-hmm. GE radios I would mm-hmm. look Tinker. very very intently at the radios, see what kind of brand they were oh, and cool. uh, you know how many watts they were how many channels you're still as like that child. Don. <laughs> exactly and I think God prepares us in the field mm-hmm. that we would ultimately get to yeah he and he uh, endowed that into me as a little child I like walkie-talkies Mm-hmm. So,
0: but 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 in your generation, though, education mm-hmm. was not what it was Maybe in the later on of, important. you have to have a four-year degree no, no. or you're not no, no. going to make it.
3: That's right. No. It, it wasn't to me. Mm-hmm. I would just wanted to get in electronics. I wanted to get my FCC license.
0: And that was... It was honorable. It was mm-hmm. notable, and it was yeah. uh, in a quote That's unquote right. okay, right. where been, that would have been, mm-hmm. would have been okay for you as a Gen X. No, you know, no.
2: I don't know. I knew the pressure of wanting to get a degree, though. Mm-hmm. I and that was very something prevalent.
0: Don's generation didn't have, right?
2: And I, and I, that was it. I knew that one way or another, I'm going to go to school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, I my first desire <laughs> to go to school after I graduated was i want to go down to Florida. I'm going to go down to Florida and go to college because that's where you find girls, you find the beaches and
0: all that stuff. Girls on the beaches. That was exactly
2: the reason why I picked that. Then my grandmother stepped in and says, "Uh uh-uh, no way, you're going to Bible college. Mm. And I agreed, and I'm glad I did because that's where I got my radio um, uh, diploma and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, that's been a big, big thing for me. And But yeah, the pressure of getting that education in my generation was huge.
0: And I felt that too as a mm-hmm. millennial of you are not somebody unless you have a four-year degree. Yeah. And I honestly, I didn't finish college because I, was, I knew what I wanted to do, but I didn't know the direction and how to get there. And so I just, I never finished. And for so many years... I hate, I don't want to say I hate in myself. That sounds like a really strong word, but I, my self-esteem was so low all because I didn't have a degree mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of that pressure. But then as I got older, I started noticing the friends that I went to high school with around the people my age that are like, yeah, I'm $60,000 in debt. Oh. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like we make more money than you. Well, my husband has a degree. I don't, <laughs> but you know, we're doing okay with ourselves, mm-hmm. but yet we don't have, we're not paying 400000 $2,000 every month on a degree. I remember
2: socking away as much money as we could to pay off our, our school loans, but Becky and I did. When well, I mean, in college,
0: wasn't that much back then. For us, was it was, was a lot more expensive. Lot more expensive.
2: It, because we couldn't rub two nickels together to get a dime. I mean, mm-hmm. it was like forever to pay that off. Mm-hmm. You know, and now we're dealing with our kids, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, this they're paying off their stuff, too. So then what is
0: Gen Z? Like, what is your guys' perception of education?
1: Well, I'm going to give mine because I think, like you said, I'm a very different Gen here because I grew up home educated. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't even in the public school system or aware of what it was like to, I mean, really go through the process of, okay... You know your GPA or your whatever you're gonna your your credit SATs going toward and ACTs exactly and, yeah. exactly or even like getting recruited to go to college or what have you. So when I graduated high school, uh, the majority of my community kind of split, and a lot of them went to college, and a lot of them didn't, a lot of them jumped into the workforce, and that's exactly what I did, and I didn't really feel like the need to go to college. But then there was just a little part of me that was like, but did I potentially miss out on mm-hmm. a little bit of a reputation or a stature of oh you went to college for four years and you have a degree and this and that. But I think, especially with seeing debt, mm-hmm. how easily it got collected up just by making one decision, which I think is ridiculous in and of itself. Right. I think college debt's crazy. I think that was enough to me, to me for me to go like, okay, whatever dream I could have going to college, I'm going to transform it into something else, something that's going to be more profitable and not put me in a hole for the rest of my career and my life. Because mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't really feel like taking a step forward and taking four steps back. Mm-hmm. That's how I perceived it. Um, now, I don't think I've been judged, because luckily I've been blessed to be in a radio career at 22 years old, right? and I think the Lord has put a foot, or and in, in, or, uh, led a path for me down that direction, and I think very luckily, because I don't have any kind of degree, I didn't go to college for any kind of communications or radio, and uh, I don't even actually know, necessarily know if I'm any good at what I do, <laughs> but I did get hired, so... But,
0: but here's the thing, is one of those things where I think... For Gen Xers, it was almost a trick of you have to have a broadcasting degree in Mm. order to be in broadcasting. I don't have a broadcasting degree. I was hired in off the street. But do you know how many people I meet that are wanting a broadcasting uh, career have a a broadcasting degree but cannot find a job? And honestly, it's because, no offense to them, they're not good. Like they don't even have people skills. So and I feel so bad for these people that wasted all that time and all that money to get a degree that they're not even Mm -hmm. going to get a job. So there's I think, too, with the changes of education over the generations and the expectations, the workforce itself is changing its expectations were. When you were younger, you had to have some sort of degree for anybody to look yeah. at you. Any yep. job requirements that even if it didn't have anything to do with the job itself, they wanted a four-year well, degree. I
2: got or as soon as I graduated, I got a job right. at a radio station
1: in Kalamazoo. For and two now, years.
0: and nowadays, a <clears throat> lot of works workplaces are nixing that requirement of a college mm-hmm. degree,
1: which I find so interesting because Don, you grew up on a farm, but you got involved in radio and you didn't have a degree, but then you look just the generation down, you go to Pete who, you know, it was like, okay, I want to be in radio, but I really need this requirement. Mm. And I think it's just weird how it's like, kind of shifted up and down and up and down. And I think nowadays, if I were to be a a collegiate professor hiring or or looking for talent or a radio station hiring, I think the thing is, is like, the passion and the ability rather mm-hmm. than just the uh, the little asterisk by your name. Well, he's got right. a diploma. Well, he's got a good voice and he's also got a good sense for radio. You know right. what I mean? I feel like it's a like a weird gut check. Like if Pete were hiring... And Pete saw this guy who had a diploma, but he couldn't, you know, string two words together yeah. on the radio or have any kind of prep. But then Hi, he. I am there, uh,
2: I <laughs> but like the. But
0: radio is not <laughs> something you can. <laughs> I mean, your personality—you can't teach personality. It's so no, true. I not, feel like,
1: and I feel like it's just natural instinct mm-hmm. to be able to talk on a microphone because you. I, but, I don't know how many times you've heard in radio. Oh, I could never be on the radio, and you just—I think—us in the industry, we kind of sit there and go. How Why? can not? Like, <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I
0: don't understand. Because it doesn't
1: seem like that difficult sometimes, right. but it is. But it is but a natural ability. But that's how God is uniquely yes. wired yeah. up. Unique. So, I,
2: I, uh, I, I grew up watching WKRP in Cincinnati. Oh, yes. Of course, you have all those characters on there that were professionals. You know, like <laughs> the Les radio voice. coming in with his tie and his suitcase, you know. And, of course, uh, all that stuff. But that was really cool to watch, mm-hmm. you know. And... Uh, that was one of the inspirations, as much as it was a more of a comedy show. I really liked that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: so going back to the original question, we kind of got on the top of get of education. I want to know how you felt the world perceived you growing up. So we heard a little bit from Don, Pete for Gen X. So when I was little. And I'd watch TV, and I watched way too much television growing up, but I would see all the commercials, and because you guys were teenagers and young adults, all everything was geared towards you. And mm-hmm. so there was a lot of, for this, Generation X, and they kind of perceived Gen Xers as with a lot of angst mm-hmm. yeah. and anger. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of how you felt growing up? That well, this is how the world perceives me. I'm just full of angst.
2: I don't know if I I looked at the way things because I'm 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 referring to my formative years, mm-hmm. my teenage years, and you know uh, I think a lot of what I saw was a lot of props. I mean, you know, kids would wear just fantastically wild stuff. I mean, they would wear funky colors all over the place. Their
0: hair a and, mile high. Yeah,
2: their hair all did. I had a mullet that oh was down on Lord. my sho-
1: shoulders. I did. I we had need a, pictures. I want I it. Need I had pictures. a mullet. I and I even had the money. spiky
2: hair in front.
0: Did you really? Oh, yeah. Wow. I bet you rocked it, though.
1: Dude. <laughs> I bet
2: you did. I, I, I rocked it. Dude. But uh, no, it, there was a lot of just superficialness about my generation because it was like everybody was trying to look cooler than everybody else mm-hmm. and um peer pressure. so there was a lot of peer pressure in the 80s okay. a lot of it really and uh so oh man but walking down the hall you know you could just hear the cat calling and stuff like that at each other because you didn't wear the right stuff today or whatever That's right. um, was
0: that such as much of a big deal when you were growing up because i feel like after the whole sexual revolution was when a lot of that stuff like became a lot more pressure did you feel that don
3: i didn't really again a farmer countryfied uh, person where i came from in little county i didn't really feel that pressure as much it was there with the mm-hmm. other kids the ones that were really wanted to be big stuff mm-hmm. you know they were ones Mm -hmm. college uh, football players you know or i mean high school yeah a band even band we had the patch you know a music uh, patch things like that of course the cheerleaders they all had their probably their patches on their jackets or whatever to to look extra cool
0: but i mean was there that peer pressure though of i have to be this cool or i have to have my hair this way i have to wear these specific clothes
3: i didn't really feel the pressure that much i i tried to Fit in Mm -hmm. and wear the longer hair and so forth. But were
0: you a hippie, Don?
1: No, not really.
3: No
0: okay, all, all right. Possibly <laughs>
1: a country hippie a farmer. A farmer. Hey, it's possible. That would have been the almost ultimate hybrid in the sixties. Uh, my
0: father, my father-in-law, grew up on a farm and became a hippie in okay. the sixties. So okay. it's, it's possible. Uh, it, it is possible. Is
3: possible. Yeah.
0: Well, with Jen, with millennials, Gen Y, I think we had that perception of we were constantly told how lazy we were, mm. which was frustrating because I know for me as. Y- You can't label a generation as a whole because everybody's different. And I know for me, I'm like, I am not lazy. I am so driven and I work really hard. That's for sure. But that was the perception of you're lazy, you're lazy, you're lazy all the time. And I'm thinking, well, who's racing us? Mm. So what are you going to do about it? You're mm-hmm. the ones who raised us. Did you raise us to be lazy? Did you raise us to be entitled? And I don't know where the label of entitlement comes from for our generation. I don't know if it had to do with the birth of social media. I
2: if maybe just the advent of much, uh, just the, gush of technology Mm -hmm. entering into your phase of life in your generation where kids became much more knowledgeable very quickly Mm -hmm. and they were able to garner much more information uh, and knowledge about things that they could come into a work environment saying, I know all this stuff because you guys had internet, you guys had access to immediate information. Mm-hmm. even as a young person. yeah, And I think that there were a lot of kids in your generation, Rachel, that were self-educated mm-hmm. because they had that there. Yeah. That certainly wasn't the case for Don and I. Mm-hmm. I mean, we that's why I think that was the push for us to get higher education mm-hmm. because we didn't have immediate stuff mm-hmm. like you guys. And now you, you look at Gabe. Well, Gabe can go on like,
0: YouTube and learn everything yeah. and then...
2: He could develop his own online business mm-hmm. and had you know, because he's got that he's already wired for that.
0: You, n- you know what I did when I got hired here, because I didn't know anything about radio. Yes, you trained me, Pete, but I went on YouTube mm-hmm. and I how to do radio, how to do broadcasting, yeah. and that's where I got a lot of the tricks and tips right. on how to be able to do Yeah,
2: what Because I do. you were on the the beginnings of that technology mm-hmm. boom that you were able to get that you, you automatically knew I could learn online.
0: Right.
1: And now what's even crazier is forget the technology. Now there is AI interface. Oh, my. Oh, and that's, that's going to be a big part of Gen Alpha. Take, oh, where yes. you take jet, chat, GBT, and you go, hey, how do I write a 64-page essay about whatever?
2: But you know what's just going to happen? That's going
1: to do a backward flip.
2: In my mind, I think that that's going to dumb down kids.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, it will. I'm not I saying mean, it's a good thing. No, I know. I'm just saying kids are going to go, wait, less work? but proper, you know, writing. Well, did you see that video that just
0: came out? It was a kid in his graduation cap, and he's like, yeah, I'd like to thank ChatGPT for writing my (laughs) editorial.
1: (laughs) Oh, no. Sad, really. So,
0: Gabe, (laughs) how does what is Gen Z? What is the perception? What do you feel like is your perception? What are you hearing from the different generations, whether it's negative or positive about you?
1: I think, to be honest, one of the biggest negatives about Gen Z is social media. Mm -hmm. And I think that the massive thing that's wrong with it is social media is so hard for older generations to kind of comprehend and understand Mm -hmm. that it makes the older generations kind of think that Gen Z is a lost cause. Mm. And there's no, you know, there's no... Saving them, they're going down their own path, they're going down this whole entire cultural shift. What's the point? When, in all honesty, a lot of Gen Zers, which I think this is a bad thing, and I'm going to sound like a no offense, Don, a boomer, what they would call me because I'm sounding, I'm going the opposite direction, but I think so many kids live right here on their cell phones, and they go through so many different types of emotions, feelings, and um, mood swings, and parents or grandparents or friends don't even see it because they don't really know how to express outside of this communication device. So you'll see them talk, oh, hi, how are you doing, in person, but their attitude and their personality is all in the form of texts, and they can't really communicate that through yeah. To in socially person, inept. Yes, but, but
0: here's what drives me crazy. So all the older generations are complaining. Gen Z is socially inept, and they live their life in their Who's raising them?
1: Uh, uh, then sure. Take good the phone question. away. It's a good yeah. question. It's take the question. iPad right. away. I'm
0: sorry, yeah. that's the mom and me coming out. But it's like if if you are upset. By how this generation is, then do something about it. They may Mm -hmm. be the, I'm sorry, my kids do not have social media. My daughter is 17 years old. She has a phone that does not have internet. Will she eventually get social media so I can help her navigate how to do that? Yes. But she didn't have it when she was nine and didn't need it.
1: Yeah. No, but I don't think anybody needs it. I think social media is honestly one of the biggest downfalls of society. mm -hmm. And it disconnects everybody in such a way. Like, Don, I don't know if you ever wanted to go say hi to someone or go, you know, down the street, you'd get in your car and you'd go say hello. That's not a thing anymore. You have the ability to text, FaceTime, call, Zoom... Whatever you, so Everybody's kinda, in their own little bubble Exactly And well, it takes and you, the necessity of having to actually go face to face with a person And connect with them
0: But you don't even go face to face with a person Unless <clears throat> you've texted them first And mm-hmm. I, said exactly. this, I said this on Sunday Don, yes. remember when back yeah. in the day Somebody would ring the doorbell You would have no clue who it was But mm. you would open up the door right. Come on in and blah 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 Nowadays if somebody just shows up at your door right. In your mind you're going Why didn't you text me first? Right, or Who if are somebody you? calls you, or freaks you out, or if yeah. someone calls you, why didn't you text me first <clears throat> to say if I was? Or I do that. I text first. Hey, can my, I talk to you before I call them?
1: My 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 dad. He said that growing up, it was like it was the cold set kids. Like you go to people's houses all the time and you'd be friendly, and oh maybe not tonight, or maybe not. And that's not even a thing anymore. Like I don't. No. I've, I never got to grow up in a, in a neighborhood where it was everyone's friendly, everyone's mm-hmm. hanging out, everyone kind of knew what they were doing, or what's going on down the block. And now it's almost and there's almost a state of fear. Yes. When you're answering the door, whether it is a friend or who, who's that, who's here, who could possibly but be. But
0: that's also part of social media and <clears throat> regular media exactly. that has instilled mm-hmm. that fear.
1: Yeah, and that's where I think this climate of social media mm-hmm. is one of the worst things that can happen. So for not only the next coming generation, but for everybody as a whole, because I think it just has divided our country right. and completely taken away yes. the, a really personable aspect of. That was installed into us as Americans when we came over here in the first place. So, Wait, how th- are
2: we as different generations handling this? You know, I mean, honestly, I I would uh, I would say that my, my interest in social media, uh, I've been I catch myself scrolling, you know, and all oh, that sure. kind of stuff. But I don't I don't try to integrate it to the point where that is my whole focus.
1: Let me you ask know? you. Let me ask you a question. Do you think Rachel, as uh, a millennial? Do you think there's all, almost this, it's not my problem attitude where this could be something where it could be, yeah, we could take initiative and start some um, communication groups or therapy or or getting the message out there of how the dangers of social media can affect somebody? Or do people kind of look at it and go, it's a lost cause. I don't want to deal with it. It's not my problem.
0: That's a really in-depth question that I don't know how to answer. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's a multitude of things. I mean, I can sit here... I think it's going to be a matter of what are we going to do as individuals and how are we going to change as individuals. I know for me personally, I realized quickly with social media, I could not handle it. Hmm. So I go on and I post, I check my notifications and I get off because... When social media first came on the scene, I remember it very well. And I remember first getting on and then reconnecting with everybody I went to high school with and they were all doing 10 times better than I was. Now, that's perception because it's on on social, social media, media and everybody puts forth their best. But I went into this trap of self-loathing because, A, I didn't have the degree that we mm-hmm. talked about. I didn't have a degree. I wasn't as educated. And I did everything the opposite. So, Don... I'm assuming that when you grow up, the expectation was get married quick and have lots of kids, right? Like, that was the expectation, and of course, the man For provided. the most
3: part, yes.
0: Me, for millennials, the expectation was you don't get married, mm-hmm. you oh, don't man. have kids right away, Uh-oh. and especially as a female, you suck it up and you get a career, because if you are just a wife and a mom, then you're nothing. Mm-hmm. So, I get on mm-hmm. social media, and what am I? I'm just a wife and a mom, and I'm nothing. And so, that just spiraled into this. That is... And- and you may not have heard of this, but millennials, and I think Gen Z are going to go through this too. Mm. We went through the quarter life crisis. You know about the midlife crisis. Mm-hmm. Well, g- well, me at 27, I went through this quarter life crisis of I've wasted my whole life. Mm. I'm done and I'm too old, which sounds silly to someone now that I'm in my 40s mm-hmm. going, 27 is not too old. <laughs> oh, no. But... Yeah. But because of all the pressure that was put on us to succeed in specific ways and all the pressure that was put on us from social media, you had a whole generation going through the quarter life crisis. And I don't think Gen Z is immune to that.
1: Yeah. No, no, no. no. S- what you just said is putting their best <clears throat> forth. The biggest lie of social media is that everything is perfect. And that's where these kids live, and mm-hmm. so they see that, and they go, "I'll never amount to that. I'll never look that good. I'll never be that talented. I'll never have this many followers." And the the problem is, is they can't get outside of the perspective of going, "I really don't know what's going on well, in these and, people's and, lives." And you
2: know what else I fear in the future for the the kids today, the mm-hmm. kids, is that they're going to be believing Chat GPT mm-hmm. as a reality. And you right. know, and I, and I think that all of a sudden. I, I go into my sci-fi mentality, like all of a sudden I'm going to be b- being told, or our society is going to be being told by a computer what to do. Mm-hmm. That's scary. And and uh, and i you know, if you really want me to go off on a tangent, what about uh, uh, androids? What mm-hmm. do you call them? Like self-generated robots yeah. that have their own intellect that can think for themselves, and you know, that's a weird future. That could possibly happen mm-hmm. with uh, artificial intelligence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I'm, I'm telling you, we'd all be dumb or foolish to think that totalitarian uh, you know, governments like China and Russia aren't already developing androids with AI that could actually be put into, put into uh, everyday citizenry.
0: But on the flip side, you know what I'm also seeing? It's younger millennials... Gen Z, and I think we're going to see it in Alphas too, they want to get rid of IA and social media and all the technology, you see a lot of them moving west into Mm. Wyoming and and South Dakota and getting the farm and getting the ranch. I mean, it's the big joke that us millennials are the ones that get the chickens and it's the gateway to the farm. And then we get the goats (laughs) and and, and all. we're going back. And you're even seeing that with a lot of conservatism, too, Mm -hmm. where a lot of women out there are going, I'm going to buck feminism and I just want to be the passenger princess, the house honey, like mm-hmm. I want to stay at home and be with the kids and really taking steering clear of feminism and going the complete opposite way of the quote-unquote trad wife that's like the name mm-hmm. of it where you're going back to the 50s traditional yeah. wife and I think you're going to see in my opinion a split between Gen Z and Gen Alpha where you'll have those that are doing all the AI chat GBT mm-hmm. and living in this literal virtual reality and then the others that are like I want nothing to do with it yeah, I just want to live dip- on my farm
2: there'll be a division of people. Yes. people that want to continue into that technological lifestyle being told what to do by computers and then that whole other half of that generation or whatever generation still alive mm-hmm. you're going to go back to the old ways
0: right
1: and which, so which I was just going to say which I think is such a shame because technology can be so cool yeah. But the fact it can be that used it, as a tool. It yes. can, but oh, the fact People are but, using but, it but as a like toy. anything, it can also be abused mm-hmm. in a really crazy destructive way. I but,
0: love ChatGPT. <laughs> I do. Well, I I use it as a tool though. Our yeah.
1: setup right yeah. here like looking at our, our mixer board, our microphones, um podcasting in general. I nerd out about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But then there is the whole flip side of technology with the AI and the you know, the ChatGPT and uh, I mean even so Snapchat, I don't know if you're on Snapchat. Snapchat has an ability uh, where you can talk to your own personal Snapchat AI buddy. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have friends on Snapchat, you can just talk to this AI.
0: Oh, they have AI girlfriends.
1: And, which is insane.
0: And from what I've uh, heard from men who... I heard from a guy, I think he was on TikTok, and he was saying how he's a happily married man, great relationship, but he wanted to check out this AI girlfriend thing just to just to explore in... And, and, so what's scary. the word I'm looking for? Um...
2: Research. research. It was for
0: research. And he goes, I think that's going to be more addictive than porn. He said, I'm a happily married man. And that was crazy addictive to go to that. So I just
2: want everybody to know this listening right now everything that you hear has been scripted by (laughs) AI.
0: Earlier
1: Somehow she found Pete Lathrop's voice as a automated generated <laughs> yes. sound.
2: This was actually preconceived by a computer about a one, month ago.
0: Okay, so now let's go back. I, I have a couple other questions. One, we talked a little bit about this, but Don, how did you, your generation, perceive dating and the opposite sex growing up? I feel like there was more respect for the opposite gender, but at the same time, there was almost a mold of men are expected to do this and women are expected to do that. Well,
2: boys
3: were expected to ask the girl out mm-hmm. and, you know, be the proactive one. And I know that's changed a lot. Something as strangely has happened. I, uh, years ago, you look at the magazines, even the 40s and 50s, military guys were all oh, put up on a, a way, on a Pentateuch way up high. They were respected. All the girls wanted to marry a, a military man back in the World War II era and after, mm-hmm. uh, during the Korean conflict, et cetera. Uh, Pete, you, you and I would think about honey magazines and, mm-hmm. and so forth, and mm-hmm. women, oh, they just loved and adored the uh, the man that was a hunter or- Oh, hunter. A gun. I
0: thought you said honey magazines. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> no, no, oh, no, done. No, no. where are we going with this? Okay, hunting men, yeah. got-
3: Yes, when you <laughs> go off to college, <laughs> you would get married and- and it was very, very, that was the very it's thing It's a manly to do.
2: man kind of exactly. thing. Exactly. You know, that was what attracted.
3: Usually from probably 18 to 26, yeah. probably most of the guys got married. A lot of those
2: girls. football players yeah, early, and baseball earlier. players.
3: Today uh, it's 28 to 30 now, is it? Yeah. Rachel? I it's it's like that. There. I know. That's unfortunate. So
0: I graduated back in 2001, and there are people that I graduated high school with that are now just having children or maybe Ooh. they're having their last one and all I could and whatever whatever you want to do whatever floats your boat but I just could not imagine having my first yeah. or my last child right now Yeah. what was the expectation of dating in the opposite sex in Gen X Pete
2: well uh it, I think it was obviously different than Don's generation I think there was there's a lot of
0: well yours was post sexual revolution yeah. so it was way different there,
2: there was like I mean all I know is from other guys that talked about their dating relationships and it was much, it was closer to what it is today. There was a lot of sexuality mm-hmm. right out of the gate mm-hmm. um, with uh, the teens when I was in high school. I, and I'm not saying that on my behalf, obviously, I, I, I was, I didn't date very much at all in high school. I, mm-hmm. And so, um, but the thing is, is it immediately became much more of a self-pleasurable thing. If I were going to date a girl, I was only going to get what I wanted out of her. Yeah. And and of course, that's a sad scenario, but I I think it was different from what Don was describing.
0: Well, and I think in Don's generation, to get married and have children was more of a survival thing. Nowadays, mm-hmm. you don't need to get married to survive.
2: Well, in the 80s, in the 80s, it was Almost kind of a sexual revolution it might have been the same back in the 60s, but I that's what I perceived it be, as being because promiscuity uh, was was rampant in high school mm-hmm. and there wasn't this courting mentality at mm-hmm. all uh, in relationship to that so um I just kind of avoided it because my parents brought it brought me up right mm-hmm. you know and uh, yeah that that's the way it was for me
0: but did you? Was it a little bit more hush-hush? Because I feel like... we Okay, nowadays we have hookup culture where people just go and just sleep with whoever. I mean, there's even uh, uh, apps where you can go and just hook up with somebody. Hookup culture was a thing, in the late 90s and early 2000s, mm-hmm. but it wasn't as broad. You weren't broadcasting, oh, we hooked up one yeah. day. Like, it, it just, it was still a little bit more hush-hush.
2: Well, you know, you also, you got to realize that you come through the 60s revolution, mm-hmm. the 70s, all that stuff, and those every generation or every decade per se after the, the 1950s, it got progressively more perverse Mm -hmm. as far as their their way of life and the way that they accepted each other sexually Mm -hmm. and so when it got to the 80s it was pretty bad it's not as bad as it is today i don't think but uh yeah you you know a a a good clean cut boy in the Mm -hmm. 1980s yeah that was tough hoeing because there's a lot of a lot of temptations
0: it seems like that's when the bad boy phase was oh yeah to have the rocker Mm -hmm. the the Twisted sister Bon Jovi kind yeah. of guy.
2: But you know what? I got to keep it in perspective too. You know, my dad was in the, you know, he was a teenager in the early 50s. Mm-hmm. Well, there the was some dudes with the greasers and they had their issues too.
0: Yeah. Yes, uh, yes, but, yes that's
2: right. But today, and, you know, leading up to where we are today, it has progressively got more bold in their sexuality and mm-hmm. not being afraid of it. And now they, they, promote it they put it on a pedestal mm-hmm. and that's even that's filtering down into the younger t- uh, elementary age kids mm-hmm. I mean it's it's really kind of gross you know
0: so then now let's go to Gen Z what is dating like for the Gen Zer because like I said in Don's generation of the Boomers the expectation was, Pretty much shortly after high school, you got married, you started having Mm -hmm. kids. My generation was you pushed it off as long as possible because if you get married early, you're a loser. But now I think with Gen Z, I don't even know if they're getting married. (laughs) I mean, Mm -hmm. some of them are.
1: (laughs) I think one of the big uh, misconceptions with Gen Z dating is that they're dating for love. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of them jump into relationships to make noise, okay, and to gather attention and mm. to create drama, okay. Um, I think so. When I was very young, when I was like fourteen years old, I crushed on a girl for a long time. I dated her for four years, and I we had a, a breakup, and it was really hard for me. But then I kind of sat there and believed this lie that uh, marriage is not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Marriage is a bad idea. Marriage ties you down. Marriage eliminates the opportunity for you to be free. Yes. So you should go mess around and then leave it at that. Right. Which isn't true. Yeah. Um. But that is the culture, and a lot of the, I don't know if you've ever heard the term body count. Yes. But that is one thing that a lot of individuals, especially people in college, uh, late high school, love to flex around. What is body count? How so, many
0: people you've been with? How, or like in our like yours or my generation, many, the roster.
1: Wow. It's how many people you slept with. Right. Yeah. 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 So yikes. So that's I was thing trying to be more
0: tactful. The, no, 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 you're fine. <laughs> the roster. <laughs> But that's
1: one thing people like to flex around, and it's something that people think that was that's the goal. Mm-hmm. The goal is to hit that mark and then move on.
2: And it's I so think gross. I don't
1: think marriage in even in some Christian cultures is even the purview. Mm-hmm. It's let me see how this works out, and mm-hmm. then we'll we'll go on from there. There is very rarely I don't know if you Don or Pete because I I know you weren't brought up in a Christian home, right? No. So I don't know if you were ever told like. Um, you want a date to marry? Have you ever? Heard yeah, that oh yeah, that was yeah. the mentality. So that that's mean. like, I was I grew up in that um, that mentality because I was raised in a Christian home. But I think in the in the secular side of things, it absolutely isn't that. Right. Mm-hmm. It's do what you feel comfortable doing and get out if you have to. There's no mm-hmm. sense of loyalty. There's no sense of commitment. And if it's hard, boot it. Yep. And then you're it's,
0: mad when they're not committed to you. Right. Yes.
1: <laughs> it's all about doing what's easiest. And that was a really 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 big fear of mine. Uh, Ever thinking I was going to ever date someone again? I was like, mm-hmm. "What's the point?" Because there's all this this uh, drama that could come up. What if you get into a position where you divorce and you have kids on the side? It got really scary for me as a Gen Zer. You know what though? And that's an interesting
2: point that people were afraid of of confrontation and and you know butting heads on things. That actually, if you if you are committed to your spouse, that actually builds you up and makes you better to be mm-hmm. able to overcome. You know difficulties Amen. in relationships. Instead of running away from them, you you work through them.
0: But is this weird to you, Don, to sit here and listen to Gabe say all these things? Because this is three generations now removed from your growing up. How wild is it to hear? Because it's so different.
3: It, it's it wow. is. I was raised in the church all my life, and I was told the right way to do it. Mm -hmm. and the way the generations today are doing it it's everything's wrong Mm -hmm. everything's wrong i think lord help us
2: Mm -hmm.
1: i think dating now it doesn't need to be but generation z sees it as one of the most complicated things ever oh yes i've noticed that and it is not any more complicated than it was when in his generation it's just people are so much more checklisty Are they this? Are they that? Are Mm -hmm. they this? Will this affect me? Will this affect that? They want to see how it'll play out. They won't take that leap of faith and and align themselves with another person if, which I believe this is successful for any relationship, their core moral values are aligned. Mm -hmm. The ticky tacky stuff like, if I want to watch football on Sunday and my wife wants to go out and drink wine uh, and go on a wine tour, am I going to make that sacrifice or not?
2: I see that taking place in some of my relatives who they're married, but they got to have their me time. Okay. So if one spouse gets more time off per se, doing what they want to do, then they check it off and say, Oh, I'm going to get my time now. Mm -hmm. And it's, there's a lot of this. I get my way and you know, you get your way. And then it's kind of separate. You
0: you said something, the checklist, Mm -hmm. and this is something I started noticing with millennials too. I think that Because media and even social media has highlighted abuse and neglect so much, there's been abuse and neglect forever. It was Mm -hmm. in the Bible. Mm -hmm. But because it's so prevalent now, we've raised our expectations, which is good. But I think especially with girls, we have said you raise your expectations so high and now you have a generation of boys going, I can't meet Those Mm -hmm. expectations. I feel bad, honestly, for our, the Gen Z boys out there because they can't meet, you've got girls on TikTok going, well, I won't date them or I'm not going to marry them unless my ring costs a half, half a million. Mm -hmm. Are you serious? (laughs) Like that's (laughs) like the wildest thing.
1: Yeah, those are, I've seen those videos. They're like red flags. One of them even is, would you date a boy who's a mama's boy? Mm Mm-hmm. And one of, the, one of the women said, no, it's absolutely not. That sounds like a, that that is a ick, which mm-hmm. is the new word. Oh, a I cringe hate that thing, word. <laughs> oh. Which I do, too. Ick is my ick. But even if, I think the scariest thing, uh, too, with social media is because um, I think a lot of people are worried about men's indulgence in social media and what they're looking at with women. But the, the men who is dedicated to their spouse or their mm-hmm. wife or their girlfriend, the problem that is arising now is girls are looking at social media and just seeing people who are much prettier than them, much more accomplished going, well I'm not that so I'm automatically going to think the person I'm with now would rather be with that mm-hmm. and it's creating self-doubt and it's creating um, a huge self-esteem issues mm-hmm. and thinking that there ha- I, I'm not that so there ha- there's no way that my husband or my boyfriend is content with me mm-hmm. there has to be some kind of catch which in my opinion that's an incredible amount of energy you're exerting <laughs> If a guy is faking it, just like, I think right. that's okay. ridiculous. I've got a solution to all of this. Oh,
0: geez. Get
2: okay. rid of social We just need to have a nationwide electrical pulse. And all the electronics <laughs> are going to be gone. I, I,
1: well, I, there yeah, you I,
2: go. But I don't there think
0: electronics. Yes, so. electronics
1: are not bad. It's the culture of social media that is not good. Electronics yeah. are bad. Here's here's another thing you don't even think of. If I were, to, if, if if you or if Peter, if I were, if any of us were going to go single today and we were going to explore the dating world, here's a really scary thing. You go on a date and all of a sudden you're like, oh, this person seems really cool. Then you find out it's a dude. Right. And then you find yeah. out it's a girl. I
0: And I had to say that to my boys. Like, I couldn't believe I had to say that to my sons. When you're first date, you're going to have to ask, are you a biological
2: that female? That is a legitimate wow. thing you have to work have to. out. That is so
1: foreign, Don, isn't it? I mean, it's just. But it's weird. oh, it's so true. And there are there are women out there and there are men out there that you think. Ain't no way But it's true mm-hmm. It's true yeah. And it's a valid question That you have to ask Otherwise Because it, it's not like You're doing anything wrong Right You're thinking Oh this is a cute girl But oh, I'd like
0: to have children oh. someday And I'm not going to be able to have
1: children Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah you'll, you'll see her Quote unquote And she's so pretty And she'll be like Hey and you're like Whoa <laughs> yeah. What the all right, I'm, It's off It's off man yeah. I'm not bro-ish like that
2: so There was uh, That the Bud Light girl I'm, Oh yeah
0: yeah yeah Dylan Dylan Mulvaney
2: there, I mean, there was a point in time where I saw that and I thought it was a girl. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a girl. And
1: it's like... Well, you know what's scary, too? Is Traverse City is very liberal. Right. There is a lot of that in Traverse City. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I see it all especially the time. Especially in the downtown area, especially when it's like summertime. Really? Mm-hmm. And you start thinking... And, you, and sometimes... <laughs> I'll play with my buddies. I'm like, all right, it's time to guess. Which one is yeah. which? <laughs> the guessing game. And seriously. But it's so sad because Don... You probably lie. never had to go down the road and go, is that a, is that a. But when yeah. Don's
0: day and age, if there, if that was happening, it was in the bigger cities. It's going to be in downtown Chicago, downtown New York. And it's going to, it's, it's still more taboo mm-hmm. where nowadays it's of well, course not. Yes.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So years ago. Uh, yeah. I, it was always since Bible days. That's, that's been there. Mm-hmm. You read about it a little bit. Hints yeah. On, I mean, in the it's Bible in the Bible. Bible and yeah. But even sixty, seventy years ago, if you were that type of person, you were considered uh, mentally mm-hmm. there's problems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And today, it's considered
1: okay, normal, yeah. it's and normalized.
3: That's that's wrong.
1: Mm-hmm. If I, I feel like the difference between um, tr- attracted to the opposite gender and thinking you're literally the opposite gender mm-hmm. is definitely a mental. Uh, yeah.
0: Right. But that's right? Not, It's not labeled that anymore. No. It's like not. it used fact, you to could be. Probably labeled.
1: get prosecuted for saying that. That's right.
2: And that's the thing is for, for
1: speaking truth. Well, it's yes. speaking truth, right? <laughs> yes. But in biological science in the world we live in—it's
2: <laughs> crazy. There's no, there's no, there's. But you wouldn't have
1: expected
0: that, and that in the I '70s. Have, in no. the '70s, you but would yeah, never have homeless, guessed
2: there was. There was that whole division there, but it wasn't as as fluid as it is today. It's not as fluid as today. And there's
1: even the problem with the social media. Looping back to that is truth does not matter. Mm-hmm. What you feel and acceptance mm-hmm. and making sure everybody's. Happy is what matters. Mm
0: -hmm. Here's the, going back to the social media, it's funny how we're talking about this a lot, but I think there have been a lot of positives to social media in the fact that back in your generation, Don, you weren't talking about... Autism or maybe even abuse or living in anxiety or depression like those things were if if someone was clinically depressed nowadays, we're like, well, go seek therapy. Mm. But back then, therapy was considered, oh, you're crazy. You went and saw a psychiatrist, then you're cuckoo. So the fact that social media has has brought normalcy to some of that is really good. But now everybody's diagnosing themselves. I go on Mm. TikTok and there's this one guy I follow in Canada and he made a video and he said something about, well, you know, most people don't know, but I'm autistic and I'm like... No, you're not. I've been following this guy for a years, and I'm like, mm-hmm. you're not autistic. But we're labeling ourselves <laughs> yeah. all these yeah. mental issue is now the hot thing. We're back in your generation. Mental issue that was taboo. You we're, didn't talk about that. We're
2: diagnosing people, right? You know, we're and if, just
0: if if yeah. if Don had a kid who was autistic in his generation, they'd put him in an institute. And I don't think it was until the 80s, like when my brother mm-hmm. was born, my brother's severely autistic, that we actually kept them home. Yeah. You know, yeah. and you guys, it was so, social media has been good as far as that, but yeah, it it's goes mm-hmm. way too far. It creates
1: the victimization card. Yes. Which a lot of people want to say, something's wrong with me, not because something's wrong, but because I want attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they want to play the victim because it gets the most. hmm gets the most coverage right
0: so i pete's going like this gotta, with his watch i gotta, he's, go. he's, I, gotta
1: I gotta finish my he's
0: got a show to do <laughs> but you know thanks for for um just chiming in on the different generations getting your perspective then the 20th century was the craziest i there was so much change that mm-hmm. happened like every single decade from the 20s and 30s mm-hmm. and so on had the biggest changes, mm-hmm. and then now we're starting to see all those big changes and how those changes are affecting us right here in the 21st yeah. century. Yeah. But um thank you for coming in and just it was fun. talking about yes. that. I appreciate it. Thanks, yeah, that really was cool. fun.
2: I learned a lot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank you once again for listening to today's episode of Unique on a purpose. Remember, no matter what generation you were born in, you were created unique and Unique on Purpose. Unique on Purpose is available on iTunes as well as Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. Don't forget to share, download, and subscribe. And remember, you were created Unique on Purpose. You are loved. And because of Christ, you have been made worthy. I will see you right back here next time.